Hi, my name is Peter Maestri and you're listening to Divorce, the first six months. If you're someone who's about to go through a divorce or maybe you're just healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories that you're going to listen to focus on people that have been through a divorce, but more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. The first six months are, are that's the game plan. That's what, that's what's going to make or break you. You got to get your Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you just nailed it. It's when you realize how important you are because I would, I think probably in a lot of divorces, you know, that time right before you get divorced, you're, you completely lost yourself. Yeah. You know, like that's, there, there's not too many scenarios that end up in a divorce if it's not that bad that you've not lost yourself. You know, and I mean, I, I like to think that I was probably a little bit luckier than most people because we were so young and we were going through so many weird things that divorce almost seemed natural at that point. Like in the progression of the way that everything else had happened, it seemed like the next natural step to both of us. It was like, oh, okay, you went through rehab and that was crazy. And let's get divorced because that just <laughs> seems like that's probably the right thing to do. <laughs> Um, I tell people that, you know, when he and I had that discussion and when we sat down to like figure out, okay, well, what are you, what's going with you and what are you taking and where are you going to live? The, the biggest thing that we argued over were, you know, who gets the Nirvana import CDs that we had spent, you know, three years collecting. Like, who ended up getting them? I think I still have them. <laughs> <laughs> Winning. But it was yeah. an agreement. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a tug of war. No, it was just like, these are things that are important to you. And these are things that are important to me. So it's just, I feel like a lot of our divorce was just very organic and natural. You know, it, and that, that's truly indeed how I know it was the right move too, is that there wasn't all of that fighting over it. It was organic and it felt natural and it felt, like the right thing to do. Yeah. Do you think that you sourced it or it was just amicable? Like I know, and I'll share with me, when I look at my divorce now, if I would have been just a little more of a dick, she would have taken me to the cleaners. Right. But yeah. what I realized was that there was an agreement. We didn't move to step two because we understood. We're like, all right, here are the Nirvana cities. And then we both understood what we wanted. And then we agreed right. on it. And then there was nothing to disagree when you went to, we went through paralegal. So when we went through a paralegal, there was nothing to disagree about because we had already done the work. Right. I kind of think that there was definitely a guilt factor for him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he, I think he felt very, very guilty about the things that he had put me through at that point. You know, rehab brings those things to light. Definitely. You know, you, you are forced to realize the things that you've done. And so I kind of, I definitely feel like we both had guilt, you know, I, he, he had all of this guilt for the things that he had, he had put me through and I had guilt for leaving, you know, I, as much as I like to say it was amicable and organic and everything was cool, whatever, I still had a huge guilt factor and I'm leaving a guy who just went through rehab six months ago. I'm an asshole. Like I, 
in my head at that time, even I remember thinking I'm the most selfish person in the world. But in that also, I would have those moments of clarity of, but what about what you saw growing up? Like what, what's more important feeling selfish and feeling like an asshole for a minute right now, or being able to, at the end of the day, say that you were brutally honest with yourself and that you made the right choices for yourself in your own life. And that one, uh, and that still sounds really selfish when I say it out loud, but I, I also don't necessarily think that selfish is always a bad thing. I don't either. And that's what I wanted to ask you next. What's the value of being selfish? My whole life changed. Um, I mean, I can guarantee you that if we had, if I had not been selfish, he would never have brought it up. Like he would have stuck it out with a half-hearted attempt forever. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we would be living in a little town in Kansas and it never would have been enough for me. You know, I would have, I would have grown to resent him. Um, it would have been bad for both of us. You know, like the, the selfishness, I had those moments of like, God, I'm the most selfish human in the world. But when I look back on it now, neither of us would have been happy. You know, it would have been a half-assed marriage. I guarantee you that there, there would have been cheating. He would have gone back to drinking at some point. Like, neither of us were going to be content. And I was just the one who was able to say it. And I guess I was able to take that responsibility on my shoulders and go, okay, yeah, so you want to call me selfish or, you know, anybody wants to view me as selfish, then that's fine. Um, because in the end, this is actually better for both of us. You know, it's not just better for me. And, and it has been, you know, he, he also went on to get remarried. Um, I think that there may be divorce now as well. Um, but he's gone on to do other things in his life. You know, I wasn't the only one that had other, other things that I wanted to do. Um, he, he wanted kids. I did not ever want kids. It's, that's never been in the cards for me. Even as a kid, I was not that person that like sat playing Barbies and had, you know, Barbie family. It was like Barbie and Ken going on vacation to Paris. It wasn't Barbie and taking the six rugrats to the beach. Like it, so, you know, he, I believe that he has a couple of stepchildren and, you know, he got to have that part of his life that he wanted to have. And if we'd stay together, that just would have been another battle of, no, I, I'm very willing to admit my selfishness and know that if I want to get up at two o'clock in the morning and go to CVS and buy some nail polish, I don't want to have to think about a kid while I'm doing it. Cause I'd probably just leave them there and lock the door. <laughs> like it's just it's just not my jam it's just not my thing and okay. like yeah okay. completely i and i know those things about myself and yeah. but you know when you're 20 years old and getting married when you do talk about those things everybody goes oh you'll change your mind yeah oh you're not you don't know yet wait until you hold a baby 
you'll change your mind. And, and I always knew I wouldn't, but as a 20 year old, when, you know, older people tell you that you go, okay, maybe, you know, as, as a 35 year old, if I, you know, had been in a relationship going into getting married, that's a different conversation. Yeah. You know, at 20, you kind of make those compromises and go, mm, well, maybe it'll change. And, you know, maybe we will have kids. Yeah. Maybe how my you, feelings will change. How do you manage that? Like, how do you manage? Because when you're going through something, it is everybody, like when you say to somebody, oh, I'm going, oh, I'm, oh, I'm getting divorced. And everybody's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like every time I hear that, I'm just like, oh my God, it's like somebody died. The fucking opportunity. It like, legit, you hear that? Yeah. Like, like people that. legitimately talk to you like someone died. Yeah. Like somebody, and it's like, we're both still alive. Yeah. Yeah. We're both going to go on with our lives yeah. and great things might happen for both of us. Yeah. And I'm find the rest of my life out of this. Right. Hello. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to get to grow as a human on my own and experience things that I probably would never get to experience if we were still together. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, everybody treats it with like such kid gloves. Yeah. And I'm like, he didn't die. He's still alive. <laughs> like he's still alive. I'm still alive. We just aren't going to be alive together. Yeah. I'm actually Who more cares? alive now. And if right. you're paying attention, right. you would hear that this is an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh. I'm, there are a couple things that I'm always amazed by. It's people's response to I'm getting divorced. Mm -hmm. And when people ask me, do you have any kids? And I say no. And they go, Oh, oh. I'm like, the what? fuck is that? Fuck? <laughs> like, really? Or, or when they go, oh, like when I meet people out on the road and they're like, yeah. oh, do you have a family at home? And I'm like, no. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe you'll decide to settle down eventually. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Uh, why would I ever want to do that? <laughs> it's almost like they limit, you know, and then when you look at them and you, and if, you know, most of the times if, when you follow that conversation, you notice that that conversation is, there's no self-expression or, oh no, you know, there's, they're usually confined, but they've succumbed to this norm that mm -hmm. gets created. It's like, if something doesn't work, you need to stay in it. You need to work it out. And that's, yeah. you know, yeah. I find that to be true in some cases and definitely when there's two people involved, but if one person's not there, there's nothing to work out. There's Anything not to work out if is a fucking exit. If you're not both fully, fully invested in it. Yeah. It's not ever going to work itself out. Yeah. People get, you I think. You both have to be as dedicated to it. Yeah. And they collapse the, the partnership. Partnership is two people. Yeah. It's not yeah. one person. It's two people. If one person's not in it, you just, you can't. It's, it, it doesn't, no. you can't breathe. You, you suffocate. <laughs> you smother. You, you I know. remember somebody telling me, um, it, it was an older friend of mine when I got married. She was like, this is how I see marriage. Some days you're going to give 80% and he's going to give 20%. Some days you're going to give 20% and he's going to be the one giving 80%. You know, it all, it'll all always end up making a hundred, but you're never going to both be fully invested in it the same amount. And I was like, that's the saddest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. That is not ever how I want to live in, inside of a relationship. Like, Yes, I do understand that there will be days that like you just don't have anything to give. To have that as your outlook for your entire marriage, that's just it it's gross. It's a gross concept that yeah. oh yeah, no you can you can slack for 5 years solid, but you know, the next 5 years it's my turn to care. 
what? Yeah. It's never made sense to me. I just, I remember her telling me that and I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to get married. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, no, I don't want that. It's like, no, I don't want that. It doesn't sound like there's any freedom. There's definitely no self-expression. There's no originality to it. It sounds like it's like the rest of the sheep. I don't want to yeah. do it. And yeah. it's beautiful when you find it, if you find it, like, and you can nurture it and you have two people involved. Amazing. Absolutely. But if, like, being honest with yourself, like it, I hear your story and I think to myself, like, man, it took courage to do what you did, especially it's in rehab. Like, as well, and it's really happened, weird to yeah. look back on it, how young I was. Yeah. Like any time that I have one of those moments, even now, as I'm older, that I question myself or I question my gut instincts, I, I refer back to that and go, look at how strong you were. You were 19 years old. You were 20. You know, it, you've got it in you. And I feel like it's definitely been something that continues to prove itself to me time and time and time again. And I wish that I had some magic equation for how I found that strength, but I feel like a lot of finding that strength was the environment that I grew up in um, and seeing the things that I did as a kid. And I wouldn't want to replicate that scenario for anybody. I, I wouldn't want anyone to see or have to live through some of the stuff that I did to, to find that strength. Um, but I also, I guess I feel like I know a lot of people that have gone through things in their childhood that use those as a crutch instead of a strength. Yeah. You know, you're able, instead of saying, I won't be that, I'm going to grow and I'm going to be a different person than these people. Instead, they go, well, that's just what I learned. So that's, I'm going to be that forever. And I, I just, I refuse to use any of the things that I went through as a crutch and as some excuse for some shitty behavior. Doesn't work that way. You I, I say it to people all the time. Like I'm living, breathing proof that you can, you can take your environment growing up and you can completely 100% unlearn and rebel against it. 100%. Thank you once again for giving us your time. This started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm going to challenge you right now. It made a difference. Reach out and tell somebody. It really does make a difference.